This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr., writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse, and this week I'm here by myself. We have a little bit of an empty office today. Dave Elliott and Deborah Fitzgerald are on their way down to the Wisconsin Newspaper Association conference. And here in the office, Andrew is out sick today. So I'm all by myself here. So you're going to get sick of my voice. But I did want to update folks on a couple of stories in this week's edition. And then uh, I'll talk a little bit about the sale of JJ's Laporta in Sister Bay that I know a lot of people are talking about and a place where a lot of people have a lot of great memories. So I'll read a little something that I wrote for this week's edition on kind of the end of an era in Sister Bay. But a couple of things first. One is just the thought that those up in the county now and really for the next couple of years, there is a really cool exhibit of sorts, an art exhibit of sorts at the Horseshoe Bay Farms property in Egg Harbor, just a couple of miles south of of town by what most people call Horseshoe Bay Beach or Murphy Park. It's a kind of a stick installation by a kind of world-renowned artist named Patrick Dougherty that they've been working on for three weeks to build these incredible, almost hobbit-like structures behind the barns there at Horseshoe Bay Farm. So it's a really cool exhibit. I'm pretty excited to take my little guys down there and, and run around in it. It's like an interactive thing that you can actually walk through and there's like these tunnels in these huts that they've made out of willow branches. And uh, I just encourage people to swing down and check it out. And also it's a chance to check out Horseshoe Bay Farms, which anybody who listens to this podcast regularly knows that I'm a big fan of that place and, and the history there. So good opportunity to get acquainted with it and also get a chance to check out a really cool art installation as well. And then on the news front, uh, in this week's issue, Deborah Fitzgerald sat down and talked to Sue Powers, the public health director for the county of Door, who has been in that position for somewhere between four and five years. I can't remember exactly, but she is retiring at the end of this month. And Deborah talked to her for a while about what it's been like to be in that position through COVID. Before COVID hit, I sat down with the public health nurses for Door County, a, a whole group of them, just to talk about what their focus was on and what were the things that we should be thinking about it as a community and that they're thinking about in terms of the health of this community. And, you know, th something like COVID was not on the radar. They're talking about mental health. They're talking about the high suicide rate of people in Door County. And they do really good work trying to put counseling services in place in schools and different areas and provide resources for folks, getting older folks access to care, helping coordinate ways to get them transportation that they need uh, with DoorTran and other other needs and door-to-door and -door services, and just doing kind of awareness. Thing. I mean, it was a big deal for them to get people to go out and get flu shots a couple of years ago. And now they've spent the last three years in an entirely different environment. And it's really interesting to hear Sue's perspective on that. And those who've listened to this podcast know that I've spent a lot of time covering the COVID situation. And a lot of my coverage of that involved a ton of phone calls with Sue Powers, a ton of meetings with her. And, you know, this is somebody who didn't think taking that job, that it would be this really crucial public facing role. And that she would have to be up there 
on Facebook Live every week with Dr. James Heiss, answering questions and providing updates when people were probably as scared as they've ever been and during a thing that became as controversial as as anything in, in my time up here. So to see her step up and do those things, and it, it, it wasn't her comfort zone. You know, that's not what, what Sue Powers thought she was getting into when she took that position. And to stick it out and fight through it, it had to be a really heavy burden. And in covering this issue for several years and knowing that people had a vastly differing viewpoints on how we should handle this. And then also talking to her and knowing that she's just trying to get it as right as she can in a situation where there was no right answer, where there was no perfect answer. There was no like baseline to go from. So I just thought, you know, there's a lot of people in her position across the country who quit, who resigned, who left that position and she stuck it out and made it, you know, it's the pandemic's not over, of course, but she made it through the worst of it. And took a lot of heat, took a lot of anger, a lot of awful letters and criticisms for somebody kind of in an impossible position. And I'll tell you from somebody who talked to people in all realms of government and all um, all realms of emergency services over this period, someone who also at various points was really left out on an island and where other people abdicated the responsibility of getting the information and getting answers and stepping up in front of a mic or in front of a camera and being willing to say, I don't know, but here's my best advice. A lot of people weren't willing to do that. A lot of people in our state house, in our state legislature, in our in our community locally, weren't willing to do that and step up and be leaders. And whether you liked her responses or not, or whether you believed in the approach we took or not, I always have a great deal of admiration for the people who say, all right, I may not know how to do it, exactly what we should do, but I've got to step up and put myself out there. And she's definitely one of those people who, who did that. There's definitely missteps along the way. There was definitely miscommunication on levels higher than her, but she did it. She didn't run from it. And you can't take that away from someone like that. And I think of, you know, people like Chris Hecht at the fire department as well, who in the early days of the pandemic, he didn't know exactly what to do. And none of those firefighters did, but they tried something. They tried to set up this emergency response network just in case things got worse. They didn't wait for it to get bad. They said, this could get really bad. People are going to need help. Let's set up this system beforehand. And some of the community coordinators who really stepped up to distribute information to people in, in need when people were really panicked. This morning, even at the Peninsula Pulse here, I was, I was looking through old data because part of my job is that every few months, I try to look through our analytics for our website and I try to look through, dig deep into our email newsletter data. And it tells a story for me as a business owner, but also as a reporter. And I was looking back at spring of 2020 and our daily email open rates were sky high at that point. And it's because people were desperate for information and desperate for answers. And almost every day it was some sort of update on the COVID situation. Masks or no masks? Is it here in Door County? Are people dying in Door County? Are people getting sick in Door County? Is the hospital full in Door County? Every day there was some data like that. And it, it almost gave me, uh, I almost hate to say this word because I haven't been through that much, but it almost gives you PTSD of going back to that kind of stressful, unknown situation and how desperate people were for information. And so those people who stepped up to try and provide it, to try and provide an outlet and try and be there for other people were very important. And I will always remember the people who did that and Sue Powers is one of them. So I, I encourage you to read that article from Deborah Fitzgerald in this week's edition and think a little bit about 
some of the things Sue Powers has to say. And I know there's a lot in there she didn't say because <laughs> she's a better person. But Sue, thank you for your for your help in a in a time when the county really needed it. And I hope that our local health department in the years ahead can get back to doing some of the other great work and great community outreach they do for some of the, the other huge issues that we face in this community. Right now, we're going to take a short break, and then I'll be back, and we're going to talk about JJ's, one of my favorite places. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. All right, and we're back. And like I said, I want to talk about JJ's La Puerta and really the, the family behind it. By now, I guess most listeners know that JJ's has sold to Britt Uncover of the Wild Restaurant Group, Wild Tomato, guy who's been really successful with everything he's touched and who has gone through the process, ironically, of of buying an iconic location before. The original Wild Tomato location in Fish Creek was once Diggers. And for the first year that that was open, I didn't go because I was stubborn and because I was pissed that Diggers wasn't around anymore, or at least the version of Diggers, because it was still Diggers for the first year, and then it became Wild Tomato. And when I finally went there, I was like, damn, this is really good pizza. So I, uh, I had to get over it at that point once somebody's serving you really good food. It's pretty easy to get over it. But I was bitter at losing this thing that, that I had known my entire life. And, you know, a lot of people are feeling that same way with the sale of JJ's. So this week, I wrote a little bit about what it is that you lose when a place like that changes hands and just dealing with change in general, because there's so much of it in the county of late. You've got the Alpine, which was in the Birchinger family for 90 years, two of my lifetimes, more than two of my lifetimes. Well, actually, I'm sorry, 99 years. Then um, the Viking Grill changing hand. The cookery has sold. A lot of these places, Square Rigger Lodge has sold. There's so many. It seems like it's happening really fast. And I think a lot of people feel that way, that they're losing this thing. And on the last night at JJ's, I was there and Chad Kanako, a friend of mine who's co-owner of Husby's Food and Spirits, was there. And we were talking about that change. And he had a really great point. He's like, this is good. This is good that they're getting out and they, they, they can retire. It's, it's changed. It happens. Like people can't work until they're 105 years old and die on the grill. I mean, they can, but I mean, who wants to? Anybody in the restaurant business doesn't want their friends to go through that. But he said, it's, you know, Chad's about my age. And he said, it's on our generation. We have to step up and lead and we have to step up and, and do the things that that generation before us did and provide those great businesses and great ideas and those quirky ideas and the, the, the stupid things and the unique things that make Door County the community that it is. And it's a great point. We do. You can't just say, we're losing this or they're gone and now it's lost forever. And I see that on Facebook. I see people post that kind of thing. Like, Door County is not what it used to be. And, oh, more development. It's ruining Door County. It's like, yeah. And you know what? Some people said that in 1999. And some people said that when JJ opened and it wasn't Rudy's anymore in 1978. And people said that in 1960. And people probably said that when grass got thrown on the roof of Al Johnson's. I mean, Al Johnson's didn't start with grass on the roof. Wink Larson <laughs> messed with them, put the goat up there, and now they got goats on the roof. 
You could say that's as kitschy or Disney as anything in Door County, but instead it's tradition. And who knows what becomes the next tradition down the line. But my point is just, I get it too. Like change, change is hard to deal with, but this knee jerk that a lot of us have of any change is horrible and a sign of the decline of Door County. It's short-sighted. Thumb Fun was ridiculed as a tourist trap for a lot of its existence. Doug Bouchard, I, I spent a lot of time talking to him in the last years of his life, and he took a lot of crap from all corners. And then as soon as he closed, people just talked constantly about how they missed Thumb Fun. And, oh, Door County lost something about who it is because Thumb Fun is closed. We tend to be pretty hypocritical up here, myself included. So sometimes it's good to take a step back. But as we finish up the podcast today, I just wanted to read what I wrote for this week's edition, JJ's Last Call. Last Tuesday, JJ's La Puerta was filled with familiar faces. The cohorts were there for one last time. Bruce, David and Jean, Rhonda, Dave and Timmer. There was the next generation of restaurateurs, inspired by the JJ's dream filtering in as well. Chad, Travis, Randy, James, Mike, Paula. And there were those of us who just grew up with JJ's, who only know a world with JJ stumbling out from that kitchen. Jay Mitch behind the bar, Jeff, Andy, L.A., me, all there for a final Bernie, margarita, or just a last look around before the reins to one of Door County's landmark restaurants changes hands. After years of talking about selling, James J.J. Johnson and his wife Christine have finally sold their baby to Brit Uncover of Wild Restaurant Concepts. J.J. and Christine bought the shack in 1978, a few months before I was born. I'm not important to their story, but J.J.'s is to mine. So I include that fact, which dates me, but more importantly, dates JJ. For nearly 45 years, he has roamed the narrow streets among those tables, bumped the speed behind this bar, flipped burgers with Timmer on this line. He is the star of the show, Chris tells me. I just keep it running. In some ways, certainly not all, they are Sister Bay's answer to Elaine and the late Bob McDonald of the Bayside in Fish Creek. Bob was the face. Elaine was and is the glue. I'm ready, Chris tells me, acknowledging how hard it is as she takes a look around at friends, friends' kids, and friends' kids' kids in the bar. It will still be here, but we'll have to stay away for a while, she tells me. They've talked about selling for years, but only during the last year or so did JJ take it seriously. Tonight, JJ is still working the crowd, his customary black compression socks pulled to his knees beneath his shorts and gray Team Cream t-shirt. His shaggy blonde locks are at mid-length now. Not quite surfer, dude. He trades jabs, meets babies, nods knowingly to those for whom this is a sad night, the end of an era. JJ and Chris raised four children while running this place. All of them were part of it. Cooking, waiting tables, lending their names to burgers on the menu. Jesse, now a cheesemaker and the erstwhile goat wrangler behind Door County Creamery down the road. Kendall, one of the area's foremost wine experts, who runs the bar next door at the waterfront. Kaya, an elementary school teacher who still fills serving shifts on weekends and during the summer. And Kelsey, a nurse in Milwaukee. It's not a bad family tally. Kendall, who moved back home several years ago to run the bar at the waterfront, called the sale bittersweet. There aren't great retirement plans for independent restaurateurs. You work, you pay the bills. You work, you have some extra after you pay the bills. Then, if you're lucky, you stay in business, and one day you're old, and you have to figure out how to get out, or pass it on without leaving your kids with crushing debt, or you time it all wrong, 
like so many did during the crash of 2008, and you have to sell at the bottom. Now, JJ and Chris in their 70s can sell in good times. But what about a place that is just is someone, Kendall asks, and they have to let it go. JJ's is, well, JJ. He came here from Milwaukee as a teacher and artist, but it's not just that he made the backlit stained glass behind the bar and the stained glass hanging over the tables and on the front door. It's not just the mannequins he randomly bought that became a staple at his bar or the screws he turned on vendors to get the best deal and the fact that he can tell you the going price of everything at the pig. It's his jerky saunter, his tinkering, his rummaging. JJ is a vibe. The sign still hangs as Uncafer and his wild tomato crew take the reins, and it will be much the same for now. But it won't be, it can't be, the same. JJ and Chris aren't going far. They live around the corner. Their attention now turns a few feet south to the waterfront, which they still own. And JJ continues to putt around at his Egg Harbor popcorn and gelato place, Jimmy's, which he has hoped to open for several years. Speaking of popcorn, late nights at the bar, JJ often disappears from the bar to go wherever it is that JJ goes, only to reappear with a bag of his homemade popcorn, passing it around for judgment. It happens tonight, of course, but it's not much of a taste test when you're several shots of Bernie's and Mamawana deep. If you don't know Mamawana, you're doing just fine. I live across the street from what is known to a certain generation as JJ's Farmhouse and to another as JJ's Goat Farm. The goats were sold last winter. A couple of years ago, I asked JJ a question, the answer to which illustrates just how seriously this man takes his popcorn. JJ grows corn on that property, and I asked him how the crop was doing over at the goat farm. Kind of looked at me mean, leaned closer, and looked me in the eye. Those goats are on my popcorn farm. I didn't press for the answer to my question. Anyway, back to Tuesday, the final night at JJ's. The bell was rung and rung with more heart and more gusto than ever. Too many times, maybe, for this one. As the night goes on, and the bell rings again, the sombreros come down for pictures. Tears are shed on the curb out front. JJ saunters around until he slinks out, and just a few souls remain at the bar. I think about slipping into my mid-40s, about this family being in this place for every one of those years, about the changing hands of the Viking grill, the Alpine, the cookery, Fred and Fuzzies, about change, period. Sometimes, good things can be sad. And sad things can be good. Like JJ's last call. And that's that. JJ's is different now. And I'm sure we'll all be back there in whatever incarnation it takes next. But a lot of people have a lot of great memories of that place. And uh, I hope I captured some of what it was about. There's no way you can capture everything that someone puts into a restaurant and an entire family's effort into a restaurant over 45 years. No way you can capture that in a thousand words or so, but I thought it was important to shed a little light on it. This is a county goes through this, this transition right now. Hopefully, my generation and the one coming after me, we have the guts and the character to step up and, and fill those gaps and create new memories. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast again this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed these stories and I look forward to talking to you again next week on the Door County Pulse podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at the Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription 
purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.